Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome RCC family to RCC at home. My name is Danny. And my name's Natasha. If you have not already, hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released on the channel. Yeah, this past weekend. What a weekend, huh? If you missed it, if you didn't come out to our Green Lake Conference Center service, it was our annual baptism and picnic. And yeah. what happened? 21 people chose to be baptized, which means they're taking the next step in their relationship with God and publicly sharing with others what they believe. And it was beautiful. And if you missed it, Pastor Sam will actually be sharing some videos in the sermon. But that's what happened. And if you're watching online and we're baptized, um, stop in the office. We have a certificate for you. Yes. We don't have much for announcements today. So if you're new here, you know, head over to rccsunday.com. There's these red cars that we have. Really great way for you to get connected here and get involved in RCC as a family. Other than that, we're about to dive into the service. So have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week. See ya. Hey RCC family, welcome to RCC at home. My name is Sam, one of the pastors here, and I've been thinking about a week and a half ago, right? A week and a half ago, we had a storm barrel through ripping, and it has been a week and a half. A week and a half has been busy with all kinds of manual labor for so many people. There's been trees down, brush everywhere. People have been just helping and cleaning up. There's been so many instances of how much worse it could have been. So we're so grateful to God for that. But but it was definitely bad enough that a lot of us got really, really dirty. The best part about it, though, is just what an incredible community we live in. So many people lending a helping hand, helping each other out, caring for other people, checking in on other people. It has been incredible, even though it's been so much work. Uh, but you know what, what else that's actually made me think of? It's, it's kind of funny. It's a, it's a weird thing to think about, but it actually makes me think of, of taking a shower. Weird. I know. It, it's a weird thing. But but after that huge storm crashed through and, and so many of us spent most of last week just cleaning up, the thing that happens is you end up caked with sweat and dirt and sawdust. And, and this is actually me last weekend. There was a, there was a tree that was down on... Um, that was down on the back of the church, not the church itself, but in the back area of the church, and was resting on the shed. So I actually got to get up and uh, use a chainsaw on top of the shed. That was pretty fun. Uh, my, my dad and my boys, we, we all worked on that for a good couple hours, just cleaning it all up, but it, it was great. But, but when you're finished with that, right, you've got sawdust and you've got all the dirt and all the sweat, and you go home and you take a shower and you walk out of that shower and it feels glorious. You walk out feeling so fresh and renewed and revived. Tell me, tell me you didn't have a moment like that this past week where all the sweat and the grime and the dirt and the sawdust washed off and it felt so refreshing and good and reviving. That, that's what we're talking about today. 
We're talking about how to live renewed, to have that refreshed, renewed, revived feeling and experience on a regular basis. There are, there are three ways that today's scripture teaches us to live a renewed life. As we get into that and talk about that, before we jump into the actual verse, I want to ask you, have you been watching the Olympics? I've been watching the Olympics so much. We, I love the Olympics. Any chance we get, at the end of the day, we sit down and just toss it on and watch whatever's on. Uh, but for me, the, the 400 hurdles, those were incredible races. They're they amazing. Like I can't believe that they can run so fast, hop over stuff, and do it at the speed they do. I think there's world records. The, the, woman, the women's champ had some amazing things to say. It was, it was incredible. But athletes, doing the Olympics, as you're watching that, you, you can't help but just be amazed by them. These people, they, they give their entire lives to the sport. They, they just, it completely consumes everything about their lives. I can't even imagine like, like when they sleep and how much they sleep, what their social lives look like, their, their diet, their training, sometimes even their day-to-day -day job. Some of them, they don't make enough money doing their sport to make a living, so they have to have a, a day job. And that day job has to be a certain way so that they can go and work out and do their sport as well alongside it. Their entire lives revolve around this sport. Now, very quickly, just a quick side note. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious what your favorite Olympic sport is. And also, if you could add any sport to the Olympics, like what it would be. If you have an idea of that, why don't you just send me a message, samprowitz at ribbonchurch.com. I'd love to hear what your favorite ones are. If you send me what you think they should be or what, what they are, uh, I'll send you the same for me. It'd be fun to, to hear from you guys in that way. Um, but anyways, for these athletes, it's amazing and wild how their entire lives revolve around this sport. How do they do it? How do they train so hard and, and stay so focused? I was thinking about that and trying to, to understand it and I came to real, the realization that I know that there's at least one very clear reason. One very clear reason how they can do that. When they're out there training and working and, and doing their thing, when they're on their 5,000th lap or rep that week, they're not thinking about how many more they'll have to do. Or, and they're not thinking about how tired they are or how they just want to quit because their body hurts. They may have those thoughts occasionally, but eclipsing those thoughts is this reality. Their eyes and their mind are on something else. The podium. Their eyes and their mind are, are visualizing that future day when they stand on that podium and they receive their medal for all the work that they've done. They're driven to the, be the person who walks up and gets that medal. So, so when Paul writes this in, in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, when he says, since you have, excuse me, when he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And Paul writes that. He's actually telling us to do the very same thing that the athletes do. Set your sights on something that is bigger than the struggles and the hardships of the training of life. And I love that. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing. That's a really good thing. 
but I think we can get it wrong sometimes. Because there's a distinction here that's critical for us to get. It can literally alter every part of our life. And way too often, we tend to get this wrong. Paul is not saying, eventually, you're going to be in heaven. So use this as motivation to kind of trudge through the monotony of today and the struggles of tomorrow. No, he's, he's not saying that. He's saying, he's saying it in an entirely different way. When the athlete trains with the podium in mind, they train like they belong on that podium. They realize that to step onto the podium someday, they need to train like someone who belongs there. They're not just trying to get there eventually, some way, somehow. They're training like they belong there. You train with a different sense of urgency and, and a higher level of expectations when that's the case. When it says, think about the things of heaven, not earth, for you died to this life. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And in some future day, that will be revealed when Jesus is revealed. When it says those things, it reminds us not to trudge through this life waiting for the next so it can finally someday get better. No, it says to live with a heavenly mentality now. To live by heaven's standards now. To live up to God's call now. Not the ever-changing standards of culture. Not to live up to those standards because, because you can never live up to those standards. They're, they're always changing. But to live like you belong in heaven now. You've been adopted into God's family, God's kingdom, and you belong as part of heaven now. That's our first step. That's our first step. Setting your sights on the realities of heaven is the first of three ways today that you can choose to live renewed by Jesus. But when you do that, when you set your sights there, it requires something of us. It inspires something else. We, we can't just keep living how we were living before. Someone, someone I, was, I was reading from put it this way. It says, genuine Christians will see all things against the backdrop of eternity. As people who live for eternity, we are inspired to live now in an eternal way, in, in a heaven-inspired way, which, which is why this comes next. It's verse 5 in chapter 3, and Paul says this. He says, so put to death, put to death, put to death. I, I got to stop there. And we can't read any further because we need to recognize what that doesn't say. It, it doesn't say, stop for a little while. It doesn't say, you know, just cut back on it a little bit. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say hide it just a little better or make sure no one's watching. No, it says put to death. That feels like a really extreme statement, and it is. But before we talk about what God tells us to put to death, I have to tell you a quick little story. Uh, I was reading the news a couple weeks back, and, and I found or stumbled across this story about a guy who was out in the wild parts of Alaska. He'd, he kind of set up this, this mining camp that, that was great, right? Like he was out there in the middle of nowhere all by himself. Who knows why he was there, but that's, why, that's where he was. And he couldn't reach anybody, didn't have any cell service, was completely out there on his own. 
So as he's out there on, on his own, uh, there's this wild thing that happens. There's this grizzly bear that shows up. Now, that, that's a scary thing, right? A grizzly bear showing up. That is frightening. And this grizzly bear shows up and begins to terrorize him. Like, he, he just survives the first attack. He's, he's got a pistol, and, he, and he's able to, like, fend, his, fend himself off, and he thinks he's fine. And, and he's all good to go, and he goes back, spends the night. But, but here's the thing. Night after night after night, this grizzly bear comes back and terrorizes the guy. Can you imagine? You just, you think maybe this is the last one. Maybe finally he's gone for good. But he keeps coming back. Finally, after days of going through this, the guy writes SOS and please help on the top of his shack. And, and there's this helicopter that's flying off course just on a, on a random deal where they're trying to avoid a fire that's happening, a wildfire, and so they fly a different direction. And because of that, they see this guy waving his arms, just waving his arms. And they see the SOS, they see the please help, and they go and they talk to him, and they, they see he's just beat up by, the, by having had these interactions with this grizzly bear, and they rescue him. They take him away from there and make him safe. He's rescued from this nightly torture. Who knows how much longer he would have been able to make it. I don't know if you know this or not, but, but if an animal, especially a wild animal, attacks a human and the authorities, they find it, do you know what happens? It's kind of sad, but it's necessary. They put that animal to death. Why? Because there's a high likelihood that that animal will do it again. That animal poses a real and present threat and danger, and for everyone's safety, it has to be put to death. When Paul says, put to death, he says so because what he tells us to put to death, these things, they pose a real and present danger to our actual lives. It's not because he wants our, our lives to be harder or for us to feel constrained. It's because God knows how dangerous these things are for us. So, so we need to put them to death. And so this is what he says, Colossians 3, 5 through 9. He says, So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Now, I'm, I'm not here to judge. God knows I've got my own things that need to be continually put to death. And I'm not claiming any of this stuff is easy. But if we want to live a renewed, fresh start, sights set on heaven kind of life, and we can, we can do that, you can do so by putting these things to death in your life. Putting these things to death, it, it takes three things. The first is this, you, you have to decide to stop or decide to remove yourself from that place with this inner heart, mind, soul, part of your will to make a decision. Secondly, it requires us to ask for God's help because we can't do this on our own. 
and, and he's ready and willing to help. And, and Jesus officially put all of these things to death when he died on the cross. He destroyed their power with that powerful act. If you struggle, let's talk, shoot me a message, but, but there's one more thing to do, and it's the third way to live a renewed life, and it's this. It comes right out of Scripture. It's Colossians 3.10. Uh, Paul says this. He says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Two things from that verse. First, if you don't put on the new nature on purpose, the old one is just going to grow back like a five o'clock shadow. Or it's going to be like that bear returning night after night after night to terrorize. Hear this. You cannot get rid of it unless you replace it. You cannot get rid of it unless you replace it. You cannot get rid of it unless you replace it. That's why Paul says, put on the new nature. And, and we're going to talk about what that new nature looks like a whole bunch next week. So be here for that next week. It's, it's essential. But it's essential to fill the void it leaves behind with the good things God has for you. You can't replace it. You can't get rid of it unless you replace it. The second thing about that verse I just have to say, how absurdly incredible and amazing and encouraging is that verse? Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. How do you live renewed? It's so simple. I, I don't want us to miss it. It's by getting to know your creator. By spending time with, learning about, worshiping, doing things with, being an apprentice, a follower of Jesus. What happens when we do that? The, the verse says, it says it straightforward. It says, we become like Jesus. We begin to represent Jesus well. And we, we can do that well because we have a personal and real relationship with Jesus. You begin by simply getting close. You get close. You can re live renewed by, by putting on your new nature. And you do that by being close to Jesus. And if you're listening today and you just don't feel close to Jesus, you can. You can feel close to him. It's possible. It's, it's one step away. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't even matter who you are or what your background or history is. I mean, listen to what Paul says next in this last verse from Colossians for today. He says, In, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. You can live a, new, a renewed life. You can literally live a renewed life. And you can do it three ways. First, by setting your sights on heaven. Like an Olympian on the podium, you can live like you belong there. Secondly, you can, you can do so by putting sin to death in your life. You can put it to death because Jesus did so on the cross. And you can replace it so it doesn't return. Number three is put on your new nature. You put on your new nature by growing closer and closer to Jesus. This is God's direction for us for how to cancel culture's hold on our lives. To live by God's standard with a view of heaven instead of the standards of this world. There's a start to this process. 
It's very simple. It's a, it's a prayer of saying to Jesus that you want to place him in the leadership role in your life. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance. If you've never done that, I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a moment. But if you've started that process, if you said, hey, Jesus, I want you to lead my life. Forgive me for the ways I've messed up. Thank you for what you did on the cross and for that forgiveness and new life I can have through you. If you've begun that relationship with Jesus, you need to know that, that we still live in a broken and really messed up world. And this process is how we live that renewed life that Jesus calls us to live in the middle of that kind of world. If you want to ask God for his guidance and his support to live like that, I'm going to say a prayer that you can pray along with me as well. So whether you want to say to Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, the leader of my life, or you want to say, Jesus, I need your help doing this on a regular basis. I need you to be in this on a daily basis for me. You can pray either of those things with me right now. And So we're going to pray, then I've got just a little bit more for you after that. Would you pray with me? Dear God, some days we feel like we just need a, a fresh start and a shower off, right? These moments where we feel like we are just covered in the grime of this world. God, we ask that you would lead us. For those of us who have never told you, Jesus, we want you to lead our life. Forgive us for trying to do this thing on our own for all the ways that we've, we've messed up in the past for our sins. Thank you for paying the price for those things on the cross and putting them to death yourself. Now, help us to live this life in a new way. Help us to set our sights on heaven. Help us to put that sinful stuff to death through your power. And then finally, God, help us, help us to continue to live this way with a new nature the one that you give us. Help us to put that on and take off the old one. We thank you, God, and help us to do that on a daily basis, knowing that we live in a messed up world and it's gonna continue to get us dirty. But we ask that you'd help continuously set us free and to live a renewed life. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Last weekend, uh, there's something amazing that happened. Last weekend, 21 people decided to publicly declare their faith through baptism, to publicly cancel out what culture says that they're supposed to live like and instead live for Jesus with their sights set on heaven. And it was, it was incredible. We have a video to show you that. You'll, you'll want to watch that. And that's how this message is going to finish. But as you finish this time of worship, of learning about God and spending time following Jesus right now, I'd ask you to also worship by giving. And this is one of the most pure and straightforward ways that we honor God. We give back to him from what he's already blessed us with. And you can give through the link at rccsunday.com. Click on the icon in the bottom right of the screen and, and it'll walk you through those steps. But, but now, as, as we finish this, this service, check out this amazing video of people demonstrating their faith through baptism. Take a look and have a great week.